You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Hey, welcome to Alex Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on X at Repack. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on X, but at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast is presented by our good friends over at Sportbuff, where if you use the promo code ALSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com. Use the promo code, buy the merch, save big money, and as always, folks, support local. If you happen to miss any of the past episodes of the Alouette's Flight Deck, well, don't worry. You can head over to our archive. That's over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can also find us on uh, X, formerly Twitter, and that's at Alouette's FL Deck. Facebook, you can find us over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram and Threads, you can find us over at Alouette's Flight Deck. And YouTube, where you can find the audio version of this podcast, plus all of the uh, past episodes of uh, Flight Deck Live, where I'm sure if you watch this week, if you haven't, make sure you go and do so. You had a, a great view of Commonwealth Stadium. You can find us over at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And also, if you're looking to get some merch to rip, of the podcast, you can do so by heading over to flightdeckgear.ca. Again, that's flightdeckgear.ca. And I'm going to mention it because it isn't in the links there, Cliff. Yes, you can find myself, Cliff, and uh, the uh, Alouette's Flight Deck over on Blue Sky because, uh, you know, with the potential things that are coming up uh, with uh, Twitter slash X, who knows what we're going to do in the very near future. So... Or would you pay a dollar? The tweet? Yeah. Hell, hell no. For bots, I think it, I think it, I think it's a buck a year. I think it was. It wasn't a buck a month. Was it? Anyways, we'll 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 get once we if we we'll get to that once we once it comes about right. So we'll go we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> Cross that bridge when we get to it, I suppose. Exactly. If that bridge is still standing. Um, <laughs> What a wild and whirlwind week for the boys and our uh, executive producer (laughs) uh, for the flight deck this week, wasn't it, buddy? Absolutely, it was. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a kind of a spur of the moment trip when you think about it. I mean, it's something we've we've discussed, but then uh, things kind of died down a little bit. But then getting closer to the date, like you know what. The hell with it. We we, we got to go see our friends at the Turf District. We got to go support our boy Gino Lewis, even if he is playing for the Edmonton Elks. And you know, you've never been to Edmonton, much nope. less seen Commonwealth Stadium. I mean, I have, but I mean, it's been like a hundred years since I've I've done so. So I mean, like, you look good I, for a hundred. You look good for a hundred. Uh, you know, do do you know, gotta do do what you can, right? <laughs> More <laughs> eating healthy and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes. So the decision was made. Packing our bags, and we're going to spend the weekend at Edmonton. Yeah, and was, what a trip it was! It, it was. It was good. Yeah. Uh, we flew Porter on their new line of jets because uh, we. I think before you and I had only flown on their prop planes, if I remember correctly, going into to Billy Bishop. Um. I'd never flown it. It's funny. In the multiple years that I have lived in Canada, Cliff, I'd never flown into Pearson in Toronto ever. So it was good. It was fine. I mean, as I said, the, the trip the trip itself was very eventful. And that that's the main thing that came across is because there's a ton of stuff that we were going to we're going to remember for years to come um, b- besides the game itself. Uh, where, where should we start, or Cliff? Should we start with our escapades, or should we talk about the the Alouettes, uh, uh, the Alouettes and Eskimos head to head? Elks. Sorry, hey, right, I did. I did. Hey, it's Elks. I mean, it's only been three years, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess uh, 
I, I guess let's start with the escapades then, because uh, you know it wasn't just my, we weren't just going for the game itself, folks. Yeah, how about we, this? The Elkscapade. Ah, here we go. I made up for it. I'll, no, I'll allow that. Oh, okay. I'll, <sighs> I, I I will allow that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yes. Uh, wow. Uh, I I think the first thing we had to do was uh, talk about our collaboration, if you will, with uh, the fine la- uh, lady and gentleman of the Turf District podcast, mm-hmm. uh, who basically were the impetus of this uh, this trip because they had been talking about wanting us out there to to check out a game and they had mentioned that uh, for their tailgate that they're going to be doing montreal style smoked meat and in the past i've often looked at restaurants in the throughout the rest of canada offering up montreal style smoked meat and i'm just like oh bless your heart you know tin. yeah same same idea like when you try to do these <laughs> montreal staples like it it's so tough to get it right. And I'm a uh, full admit, I'm a bit of a, a foodie snob when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, I, I have very high expectations when it comes to puts in smoked meat, bagels, like pretty much all the Montreal staples. Like if you're going to try to replicate those, you best not miss. And so you're the Thurston Howell the third of Montreal style food. I guess you could say that. And does I that mean, does that mean I'm lovey? Or can I be the professor? I guarantee nobody under the age of 45 understands what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Good that you're Marianne. Uh, so. <laughs> well, I can't be ginger. I have a soul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither of us are Gilligan. Neither of us are Gilligan or the Skipper. So, you know, little buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yes. So we, once we got to Edmonton, we, we, once we got ourselves situated, uh, we got in touch with uh, our, our man, Andrew, of the Turf District podcast. And we had to actually go check out the Turf District itself. If you've never seen a live stream of the Turf District, folks, you, you may not know what I'm talking about. But Andrew has a a man cave oh, that yeah. is completely dedicated to the Edmonton football franchise, regardless of what you want to call it. And c- covers all eras. It's absolutely fantastic and that's where he records the podcast from uh we got there you know we're able to have a beer and just start checking out you know watching both football games actually because uh and this is uh this is gonna be important a little bit later on uh, for the alouettes game was we were trying to keep tabs on the tiger cats and the uh, bc lions game because if the bc lions were to win the game that means the alouettes before taking the field would have clinched second place and would be hosting the Eastern semifinal at Percival Molson Stadium. Yeah. So naturally, we want to see what's what's doing and see whether or not how, how that's going to affect how the Alouettes were going to play the next day. Well, sure enough, thanks to former Alouettes Vernon Adams Jr. and Sean White, the BC Lions squeaked out a victory over the Hamilton Tiger Cats, ensuring that the Alouettes would indeed be hosting the Eastern semifinal. So we were watching the game with Andrew and just you know shooting the shooting the shooting the shit and uh, having some fun with it and just you know and he he even got you cider, dude. I mean he he, I he hooked you Props up with him. He hooked you up with the no boats, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I drank the whole damn thing. I was like, I think I had the most cider this weekend that I have in a long, long time. So and I still remember. So that's good. Yeah. Well, when in Rome, do as right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so knowing full well what was going to happen like now now that we knew that the game t- the next day was just going to be all about having fun right now we, we could relax and just enjoy each other's company so we we hung out with andrew for the evening uh, but the next day was where the real action was game yeah. day now game day we got ready we had a nice breakfast at the hotel and then we made our way down to uh, commonwealth stadium into the parking lot where their tailgate experience, I have to say, is pretty damn outstanding. <laughs> yeah, considering that, that that theirs has grown, and, and for those who have never been to Commonwealth, or I mean, and you're just using Montreal as an example, you know, the Montreal ones really do. They're, we're only usually on the days that, that our our afternoon games usually when most of these guys will show up for tailgating. Uh, they are able to do it every single home game. 
because they have the spot to do it and they have the the you know the 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 the, the asphalt and able to play you know the location to do it. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a this is a big thing, um, and it was something that if you haven't seen it yet, you need to make sure you head over to Edmonton, no matter who's playing, and to, just to just to to gather the and and take a part of the ambiance and and what it what you know just bring in some bring in some memories with you. Mm-hmm. And I will say the tailgate experience is very close to what you would see at say an NFL game. As far as lots of people showing up, setting up shop, cooking up food, uh, having a few adult beverages. You've had a few, I see. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I can either confirm or deny those allegations. <laughs> Everybody wearing their colors. And you, you once again, just like you'd come to expect at any CFL game, yeah, you're going to see other teams' colors. Uh, I saw some Bomber jerseys. I saw Ryder jerseys, of course. Ryder fans are everywhere, right? I saw some Alice jerseys. Uh, we even saw Al jerseys. That's incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a concept. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Mike, Andrew, and Kayla had set up the, set up shop with their tailgate. Again, they were doing the, the smoked meat. And props to Mike for mm. properly brining, using the right pickling spices, smoking, steaming, making everything perfect. Got the rye bread, the mustard. He had everything. He, like, to the T, like, and you could tell he he was concerned. Like, I I, I got impressed. I, I want you guys to be proud of me for this. And sure enough, like, you know, cutting that roast beef, uh, the roast beef, <laughs> cutting that smoked meat, nice and thin, like I, I I instructed him to, piling it high on the sandwich and a little bit of mustard on there. Took a bite, outstanding, absolutely yeah. outstanding. Now Schwartz's isn't going to be going out of business as a result of this anytime soon, like I told him, but for an Edmonton based smoked meat. This is pretty, this was pretty damn good. Like this was absolutely outstanding. So you got to give major props to Mike for the hard work he's put in and the dedication he had to making sure that he did this essentially for us. When you think about it. Yeah. I think it's early in the year. They had, they had their put in, if I'm not mistaken, Montreal wasn't in town and they, they do something every game. So it's, what they go through, I mean, they were talking about too, about the, you know, because remember with it being in the mountain time zone, the games, you know, out east do start two hours earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, you, you guys are setting up basically at 3 p.m. on a weekday for, for tailgating. So it's, it, it was, it was, it was, again, as I said before, it was a, uh, an experience that you, you need to see. Um, I know they do tailgating in other CFL, some of the other CFL cities. I can't compare them. This is my only, you know, I can't, <laughs> this is my only one I can really compare to outside of Montreal. So, uh, yeah, they, they did an amazing job. They really did an amazing job. And, and uh, what, what was the other thing? It wasn't necessarily, it wasn't just rye bread. There was something that, that they were saying, what, what, type, what type of rye, it was a certain type of rye bread, right? It was sourdough rye bread. There we go, sourdough, and it was good. And I'm not a meat, I'm not a smoked meat guy, and I, and I was fair, I was very impressed. Yeah, no, they had the original OG rye bread, which is as I said, you got to do it if you're gonna have smoked meat and you want to be taken even just a little bit seriously. You got to do it on the rye bread with the and yellow pickles mustard. and pickles and mustard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to yeah. you you go big or go home. That's really what it was. But this sourdough rye bread, oh my, that was. Completely unexpected, but what a twist. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy a good sourdough. I enjoy rye bread, but you put the two together, and that's a, wow. Okay, now this is an experience. I mean, it's not authentic, but you know what? It was absolutely outstanding. I mean, just- Hey, there, there was enough there that we didn't have to worry about, even though they had it in stadium. We didn't have to worry about going to the Popeye's fried chicken in stadium. Truth be told, I knew it was there, and it's kind of weird. Like, for me to pass by a Popeye's, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we, we, we got our, we got our food on, we got our drink on at the tailgate. We, it, it was just an absolute blast. Like just everybody was in good spirits. Everybody was having fun. We got to meet a whole lot of people that we've known yeah. through the turf district podcast as well. So awesome to be able to put uh, faces to names and you're like, Oh my God, it's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's you. Like just, and of course they were excited to see us too, which I'm always amazed at like, Oh wow. Yeah. We love the flight deck. Like, th- like when people come up, tell us, you know, we're doing a great job and, 
and how much they enjoy our banter on the the turf district live stream and then they come and listen to our podcast as well like it's, it's such a cool experience and we appreciate each and every one of you that does that's that that means a lot to us so i mean like for edmonton folks to be able to tune into alouette's flight deck i mean that's that's what's up man i mean that's really what it's all about yeah, no, I get. It. Now we had we had had sort of a sneak peek the day before um, at uh, Commonwealth, just a tiny sneak peek because we had to go and pick up our our uh, our media press passes, uh, so we were able to you know we, we had the option of sitting in press row or or sitting in our seats. So um, we were going around the stadium, and a gentleman had had opened up the they were laying a box truck through, and. We asked, can, can we see the stadium? You know, you open it up, give us a couple of minutes, and we got to see our first sneak peek. And it was for you, it was an, it was an updated Commonwealth Stadium. For me, it was obviously my first time seeing Commonwealth in in person. Um, it's a, you know, and then we get to experience it on Sunday with everybody there and stuff like that. And it's a, it is a nice place. We were there. The weather was perfect. Um, you know, it, I would. It's funny uh, considering where we sit at Percival Molson. Uh, I kind of would have been happy to sit on the side that had the sun the entire time, but I was fine with where I was. You know, we were sitting, but you can't miss it, dude. I mean, fifty-five yard line, dude. Two weeks in a row, we sit at the fifty-five yard line. That's just in the two, way it worked out in two different stadiums. Hmm. So I, I can't, I can't complain one bit. And especially with the outcomes on both those games, I can't can, can complain either. But you know, it, this is a place that holds around sixty thousand people. If you didn't know already, um, you know they've recently redone the, the seats uh, ish. Recently ish, redone the seats. So it's it's all it's all seats, unlike um, what it is over at Personal Molson. Um, but it, again, wide concourses. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. The the bathrooms are very unique. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. The the wash stations in the bathroom are very unique. I, I wanted to make sure I made that clear. <laughs> um, and again, you know, about 20,000 people were there for the game or about 22,000 was announced. And But still, it was a great time overall. I mean, it's uh, just getting together with the CFL fam and whatnot and... Um, and and we were able to obviously see the game, how it, and what the result was, um, yeah, and, and just re- just really quick, I want I want to give a quick thank you to the Edmonton yeah. Elks for providing mm-hmm. us with media access, like to yes. give us the opportunity to be in the press box, uh, to be on the field after the game as well. I mean, that was just top. It's top notch when another org- another football organization recognizes your podcast and recognizes you as accredited media members. It's mm-hmm. It's a privilege that we do not take lightly, and we're extremely grateful to uh, to the Elks for giving us that opportunity. So I just wanted to give a quick thank you oh, for that. Oh, yeah, for, that as for well. sure. And also, we want to give a quick shout-out, too, uh, like I did on, on the Flight Deck Live, to uh, Commonwealth Stadium Security, because with those said passes, if anybody happened to see the, the post-game show, if you haven't, go do it. It's over on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, we were sitting... We were basically shooting from an area that was overlooking the, the stadium bowl. Uh, seats that would normally cost, I think, $1,000 a game that... But this this place it was the Crown Royal, a Canadian club actually. Can, well, sorry, Canadian club patio, I think they called yeah. it. Patio lounge, I think. Yeah, yeah. Canadian club patio lounge. Just a beautiful view. Just a beautiful Ooh. view, and probably one of the. I love being on the field, but but being able to do the the post game show from that location was top notch. It really was top notch. Makes me wonder one time if we were to actually somehow, somehow, do one of our uh, flight deck live post game shows. From the top of the M and I building over at McGill, overlooking oh, the stadium, that would be badass. Actually, that would be that'd... pretty interesting. We got to—I don't know who we have to who we have to contact. If, you, if anybody happens to know how we could get up there and do a post game show one day, please, you know, please contact us. Uh, yeah, Tim Capper at AlloysFlightDeck.ca, Cliffy D at uh, Cliffy D at AlloysFlightDeck.ca. We'd love to try and do that. It, it's basically the same place where where TSN has one of their cameras, so. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows, let us know because we we'd love to actually edit, do that for one game because it, I'm sure it's a it's a hell of a view too. So yeah, um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure whose popsicle we'd have to lick for that, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but 
yeah, uh, again, the, the experience was fantastic. Experience was fantastic. And then from there, um, uh, we were lucky enough, uh, not only post game to meet up with, because uh, a lot of the guys did show up uh, on field after the game, uh, meet, you know, let every, let them know that we're there to support them. Uh, also meeting up with former Alouette and current uh, Elks wide receiver, Gino Lewis, uh, just to, you know, Tell, let him know that we were there. I think he, we knew he, he we were coming, but to just show up in person uh, to say hey, and um, you know uh, the, the the night the night went on. I mean, it, it, the night ended perfectly with dinner with friends. That, that's all that mattered, and uh, it was a uh, you know a, a great. It, it was as I said, it was a whirlwind of a weekend. So it really was, and uh, we got to meet so much. As we said, we got to meet people that we've known for a long time. We got to see new faces for the first time which was amazing as well uh want to give a quick shout out too to uh coach phil if you haven't checked out his youtube channel coach phil reacts absolutely hilarious stuff mm -hmm. the, the guy works his ass off covering all of the cfl uh showing the love for everybody there so i mean it was great to finally meet him this year i i, I actually thought I, okay i knew he was going he's going to gray cup this year so i thought okay that's when i'm going to meet him but when he he announced he was going to to this game i'm like well, guess what, man? I'm going to see you soon. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So it was really exciting to meet him. Uh, again, friends, family. Uh, and that's really what this is. When you talk about the CFL family, I, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. And I know the the, the term gets thrown out quite a bit, especially with uh, amongst fans and what it means to them. But like when I look at when I look back at this entire weekend, to me, that's what the CFL family is all about is just – having fun, enjoying yourself, sharing the love for Canadian football, uh, win or lose, uh, whether your team, you know, teams are playing each other. I mean, there's no right. Like there, there's no rivalry in the sense that you, you hate the other team's guts or anything like that. Like it's, it maybe it's just simple. The fact that, okay, Edmonton, unfortunately is not going to make the great cup playoffs this year. Montreal is, this was essentially, I won't say an exhibition game, but I mean, it's a game that had to be played and it's just, as long as both teams get out of there relatively safe and, you know, with no injury or anything like that, you couldn't ask for anything better. Quite frankly, it was it was a great afternoon of football. Great to spend time with people that we we've gotten to know and are getting to know now too, as well. I mean, it's it's truly, ladies and gentlemen, there's truly nothing else like it. And if you have a chance to go and see your team on the road in a different stadium, see how the other half lives, so to speak, by all <laughs> means, do it. I mean, there, there's there's no place like home. There's no question about that. To me, I've said it a million times. There is really no no better place in the world to watch a football game than Percival Molson Stadium. But then you go to places like this. You go to, you know, like Western Canada. Like their football, it truly is. I won't say a religion necessarily, but my gosh, it is an experience unto itself. And if you in, until you go and experience it yourself, until you actually get on a plane or train, however you get out west, and you go and see your team play in another stadium, I, I mean. There's, there's really no way I can explain it properly and or even do it justice. You really have to experience it for yourself. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's different than it's different than Grey Cup. It really is, but it's still it's still a thing in itself. So it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. It's such a different type of landscape, a eh, cliff between the difference between Edmonton, just three hours between Edmonton and Calgary. You know, you go from the from the majestic Canadian Rockies and it, and and northern Alberta. It's just it's just it's so flat. You wouldn't expect it. You think Alberta, you think the Canadian Rockies, but you know Edmonton itself. I mean, it's not Saskatchewan flat, but yeah, no, yeah. yeah. You remember my reaction, by the way, when I told when I heard about that they had an LRT. I was like, and it was underground too. I was like, what the what the hell? <laughs> they got an LRT before Montreal did. What the what? So yeah. <laughs> And I like the but, one in Ottawa. This one actually works. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank, uh, thank you, thank you. At least the REM works. That, that's the main thing too. <laughs> At least ours works too. But again, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. And and obviously, you know, it really helped too. 
is that, you know, with the way that the Alouettes are coming in, uh, they're, they were on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they were this close to, to clinching. You know, they obviously already clinched a playoff spot, uh, but they were waiting to find out what exactly was going to happen. Were they going to be playing uh, this game where they had to win in order to clinch a home playoff game? Or was it going to be a, 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 you know, just a moot point at that point? It didn't matter, but we just happened to come into this game, Cliff. The Alouettes were already had already clinched that home playoff spot, as you mentioned before, and um, it, it, the way that this game started, it's like they didn't care. <laughs> I won't say that. What I said to you before, like you, I, I see you and a lot of people online were getting pissed off at the, shall we say, non-effort by the Alouettes in that first mm-hmm. quarter. Mm-hmm. I said, look. They're playing like a team that's clinched the playoff game already. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, the game truly doesn't mean anything in the standings. It doesn't mean anything. You know, all this is is an opportunity to pad your stats, to, you know, make some exciting plays happen. Uh, if you're not a typical starter, you get, may, may be able to get some reps that way. I mean, like, by and large, this game doesn't mean anything as like, like our, our playoff tickets already been punched. We know we're going to yeah. be playing November 4th at personal balls, the stadium and hosting yeah. the tiger cats. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to see anything new or different. You're not going to see like, is this is going to be the, the definition of a safe game. And that's how they played that first half or that first quarter. First quarter. Was yeah. Very, very safe. And the Elks, they, they, even though they're, they're not in playoff contention, they had to prove to themselves that, like, Hey, we, this is our last home game of the year. We want to send our fans home, at least with a little bit of hope, with a little bit of a feeling that they got some entertainment value. And sure enough, that first, you give them credit. They quarter, came to play. They came to play. Oh, did they ever? I mean, Trey Ford really—he—he he proved that he is that guy. I mean, he—he he looked absolutely outstanding in that first quarter. I think it was almost at the end of the first quarter. It was—it was like I'm—I'm I'm just guessing here it was something along the lines of two 250 total yards to the alouettes 70 or 80 if i remember correctly but 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 either way you know they did what they needed to do it was trey ford and uh, his cheat codes uh they did what they needed they were up 21 to 3 on the alouettes at the end of one it was not pretty it really really was not no, it it looked like that. This had all the mar- makings of a, a true disaster for the Alouettes score wise. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Trey Ford was looking more like Patrick Mahomes out there. Well, and the history moves. too. And they, people remember. People say it's just history, but people still need to remember the Alouettes really have not played that well out west. Period. And you know, Cal, we've been very lucky this over the past couple of times when it came to you know playing at uh, at Commonwealth. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the the Owls were able to uh, were able to rebound, um, and we're going to go into obviously into this in a lot more detail. Uh, but they were able to overcome this eighteen point deficit cliff and beat the Edmonton Elks 35-21 uh, to get ten wins on the season, first time since twenty nineteen. And you were talking about they really they didn't have that much to play for. I think a lot of them really wanted to get to 10 wins. And now a lot of them want to get to 11 wins because this is a, like the Owls getting to 11 wins. And I'm, and I'm not looking ahead of this, but in order to get to the, try to get to that 11 win total, you had to get to 10. So, you know, I, I just think that, you know what? They were lulling us. They were tricking us. And then the second quarter and bang. And the Elks organiz- the Elks organization was very happy to play along. <laughs> it, it's like it's like that meme you see on 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 social media with the, the 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 young football player going, "They had us in the first half, not gonna lie." Except in this case, it was they had us in the first quarter, not gonna lie. Exactly, and it basically, uh, I think. Uh, our friends over at Turf District were, were lamenting. It was like, you know how they say it's you have seven minutes in heaven? This is seven minutes of hell. That's, mm-hmm. For us, it was seven minutes in heaven, and that basically turned the game around on its head where the Alouettes did up – they ended up leading at halftime by a score of 26-21. And it, in order to get to that, though, Cliff, it's more than just a score in itself, wasn't it, man? If more than just saying what the score was, there was so much that it, that it was allowing the Owls to come back from, from 18 points down. Not to mention, too, all three facets of the football. 
were used to score those points. Yeah. Offense, Cody Fajardo finally found the rhythm, finally found his receivers. Uh, first off, before I get to the incredible touchdown that was scored by Tyson Philpot, uh, man, Cole Speaker had himself a game. He mm-hmm. he was he was quickly becoming one of the preferred targets of Cody Fajardo, and he was making some outstanding catches and took a couple of licks in traffic, but, uh, man, he was moving the ball very, very well. But offensively, the Alouettes, once they, they found the end zone, Cody Fajardo, Tyson Philpott, once again, that connection is just getting stronger and stronger with every single game. And uh, I, I, I had to laugh because Tyson had a little bit of a celebration. Uh, I, I don't know if you folks got it. I don't think they showed it on TSN, but uh, uh, in the end zone, they have actually some couches uh, kind of around because uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Official name of Commonwealth Stadium, at least on game day, is the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah. The Brick being the furniture store. Yes. Well, they actually have couches uh, surrounding that fans can sit in to partake in the game. And uh, Tyson jumped onto one of those couches after scoring his touchdown, uh, grabbed a bit of popcorn, and kind of threw it uh, threw it in his face. So I got a feeling the uh, the CFL is going to unfortunately ding him for that uh, little bit of showmanship. To- I was about to say the same thing. But I bet Tyson was going to say he wanted the popcorn. He wanted the popcorn. It's looking good, I guess. I didn't throw it at him. I fed it to him. Right? So, no, I'm not. Who's to argue with Tyson? Listen, you got to have fun with this, right? So that, and that's what it was, but. No doubt the CFL is going to, I guarantee by Thursday, well, tomorrow, I guess, is when they announce any fines that are happening. I, I got a feeling Tyson's going to get dinged a little bit for that one. But you know what? I'm sure he'll pay that with no problem. I think he he was just happy to score and, and get and get the party going. And that's exactly what he did. That, that was the start of the the touchdown onslaught for the Montreal Alouettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. And from there, it went to a, a strip sack and a... Um, uh, a scoop and score by the Alouettes. Um, that in itself, I mean, all this had really happened within a three minute span, right? You know, uh, le- less what happened uh, in the uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the first half, which we'll talk about because we have yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, because the it was an, I believe it was the next series that after the the uh, the Philpot touchdown, yep. Harry Ford's trying to get his uh, his troops back uh, back back at it, and then uh, uh, Lawal Ugalak. Comes running around with his big meaty pawn, smacks mm-hmm. the ball out of Trey Ford's hands. Right, it almost seemed like it bounced off the ground and right into the arms of Mustafa Johnson. Yep, who took it to the house and just just like that, it's like oh oh okay okay oh oh. <laughs> right away. By the way, almost, Mustafa you know, has some wheels. You you think about the slow oh. defensive men, the defensive backs, stuff like that. Some of our guys on defense really have some wheels. Oh yeah, and Mustafa Man, he, was Mustafa was showing them off. So he he really was either that or he caught literally everybody flat footed, and maybe it was a bit of both. But uh, yeah, he 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 chugged all the way to the end zone, and once again, Alouette's defense is proving that they are who they they say they are. I mean that that's just a absolutely great effort. Like I said, from Ugalak smacking the ball away, Johnson grabbing it, taking it for a run. And then, oh, okay, momentum is starting to shift. And you can almost feel the unease in the crowd, like, oh, God, here we go again. Like, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, Which, unfortunately, for the, the first part of the year for the Edmonton Elks, that seemed to be the theme was just when they get a little bit of momentum going, it's almost like the other team woke up and realized, oh, yeah, we're the insert team name here. We should be beating these guys. And let's get to work. And that's exactly what it was. And I think the Alouettes kind of had that come to Jesus moment. Like, Oh man, we are getting manhandled by the Elks. We can't be having that. And then just right away started. Uh, everything shifted and it, it, the hits just kept on coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it led up to a, uh, um, by the way, uh, this was pointed out, I think pregame, you know, for the first time this year, I think, I think, Cliff. For the first time this year, the Alouettes went with back-to-back rosters, which were actually the same. They were identical from week to week. 
And you and I were very surprised, considering we thought of what potential changes could be made. They weren't. You know, William Stamick did not play. So that meant Walter Fletcher was able to come back and, and, and uh, you know, feed off of that, feed off of that Edmonton energy that, you know, that I'm sure he may still bottle up inside of him from, from being, you know, basically being booted from, out of Edmonton. So um, that, I think that played a huge part in, in this game itself. So, and so from there to the Maltos, the uh, uh, field goal, which brought the Owls to within 21-17. Uh, and then, my friend, something I love these type of plays, and it's I think it's been quite a while since we we had seen one of these in in uh, in Alouette's Nation. But right before the half, Dean Faithful, the uh, Elks field goal kicker, uh, went to go ahead and because this this is where they had actually driven. You know, the Elks had driven down, and then he went to try a a forty one yard field goal to put them up uh, twenty twenty four twenty at the time. Well, it missed wide, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as I said, no changes so far on the on the roster these past two weeks. James Letcher Jr., you know, all five seven of him <laughs> takes it, rumbles, stumbles, bumbles, and takes it to the house. What a run in itself! A missed field goal. For a team record, excuse me, sorry, second. It's second on the on the team uh, when it comes to to, to longest missed field goals of 125 yards. Absolutely outstanding, and it's funny because we were talking about this for the past couple of weeks. Ever since Letcher took over for Chandler Worthy, who's on the sixth game list, mm-hmm. we saw that first game in Ottawa that he made his debut. He had a couple of very, very nice returns. Like, and you just got the feeling, okay, it's just gonna be a matter of time before this guy breaks one off. Didn't do it in Ottawa. Then the next week, Thanksgiving day game against Ottawa, he was actually looking a little hesitant. He wasn't getting a whole lot of opportunity, and just it, it felt like if he was lucky to get maybe five, ten yards at, at a return, like he had those stutter steps, like he just looked uncertain, like you know, just didn't know if. If he could do this or not mm-hmm. and i was i was a little concerned about that i'm like okay like I, you could tell there, there is potential there is something there i figure okay sooner or later this guy's gonna have to he, he's gonna have to take one back to the house it's just it really is just a matter of time well lo and behold that time was last saturday the place was edmonton alberta and james letcher jr my goodness 125 yard missed field goal return for a touchdown mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding and <laughs> i i gotta tell you like it almost looked like he was running at half speed because at first the only person that was even close to him was dean faithful and of course kickers you never know like sometimes they, they do an outstanding job like and they'll sacrifice their body sometimes but some kickers won't and i think dean faithful perhaps because he's not from north america Maybe he didn't think he could tackle or he didn't want to risk anything getting hurt or that trying to stop Letcher, but uh, made a very half hearted attempt to try and you know get in his way. And Letcher just wasn't having that. And yeah, it <laughs> next thing you know, James Letcher is scoring a touchdown. So that's now a touchdown scored on offense, on defense, and now special teams. All three facets of the football, all three tutties. Absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah, uh, the 125 yards was the second longest in team history, Cliff, uh, since the 129-yard record was set by Trent Guy on September 23rd, 2012, at home versus Toronto. And I happened to find it because it was there on the YouTubes. Uh, I retweeted it on my account, and it's also on the Flight Deck socials if you wanted to see that one. Um yeah, you what, YouTube's it, a great place. Oh, isn't it? I tell you. So you know, it's funny. I, I joked that the um, you know the Owls' defense had been so dominant over the past two games, where they didn't allow anything within the first three quarters, and then the teams, you know, whatever you know, Ottawa scored in the fourth. It's just the opposite time this this way around, buddy. It's just the total opposite. They let them score in the first, give them a little bit of shot. 
The defense clamped down. The defense was money after that, man. I mean, second, third, and fourth quarters. Ah, this yeah. def- this defense, man. This defense again. It's it's been what the Al what has brought the Alouettes to their ten win season just recently, and there's and a four win winning streak. So their second, of, I think it's the second of the year. Their second four win, win uh, four game winning streak. That's right. So yeah, uh, we we got to start with Tyrese Beverett. There is something mm. about this mm. guy playing in Edmonton last year. He had a I think it was a hundred and six yard uh, pick six. Yep. Absolutely outstanding. Which put the owls uh, up. Which again, yeah. which put the owls up. Right. And unfortunately continued led to the continuation of the uh the home losing streak of the Edmonton Elks. Uh which to their credit, they ended it this year against Ottawa. So props to them for that. But Tyrese, my goodness, he was a man on fire this past Saturday. And he he had a hell of a quarterback sack. I mean, he just ragdolled Trey oh, Ford. I know. I and know. I think it was something like a almost a ten or twelve yard loss, mm-hmm. something something like that. Like he like, but again, he just got to him. It's funny because Reggie Stubblefield was also kind of running alongside, but just kind of he made one shift and then Bev, like I guess Ford reacted and then just almost into the arms of Beverett and Beverett, like I said, just slammed him to the ground. Essentially, I mean, totally legal, like in in a, in a totally legal way, but literally just manhandled him <laughs> yeah just, it wasn't a wwe type of type of, type of tackle so no 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 there, there was no yeah. suplexes or i just said like ragdoll like, it was ragdoll he got ragdolled yeah i mean just perfectly clean uh, you know w- within the full extent of the law but i mean it just drove the elves elks back considerably and, and then yeah i believe he uh beverage also had a couple of pass knockdowns uh yeah i think he had nine totals i think he had nine defensive tackles if i'm not mistaken yep. So and yeah, I, he he just had uh, another phenomenal game, which we've come to expect from him. He truly is one of the stars in this defense. Uh, again, uh, it started. It starts with that. I mean, it starts with that Lawal uh, Ugalak. I mean, with his uh, his strip to his strip sack. I mean, it's mm-hmm. this this defense was truly all over the. Once uh, yes, they did allow twenty one points, but after that, they really clamped down. They really yeah. Reminded who, everybody who they are. Who needed the halftime adjustments? <laughs> the first or the, the, or the lunchtime, lunchtime adjustments, as uh, the Turf District likes to call them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, because of where we were sitting, um, we were facing, uh, we were on the TV side. And we were able to see, um, because of the way they have it at Commonwealth, for those of you who don't know, you know, that each team has has their own ends. ends they're on their own side. Mm-hmm. There were some scary moments, I will admit. You talk about Beverett. There were two some scary moments that we that we really weren't sure what was going to happen, but we were happy to see that they came. You know, Beverett really got dinged up. He really got whacked. Same thing with um, um, uh, who, who was it? It was uh, he was brought to the he he was brought to the uh, to the locker room. Do you remember? Oh, uh... Oh geez, uh, yeah, yeah, not not Sean Lemon. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm on to see well. Yeah, I'm on to see what was brought to the, to the locker room, and we're like, oh boy, especially with these two guys go. But Amando came, my Amando came back, and then you know, obviously Beverett came back in and did what he did. So I mean, it's a, the Owls really did were able to come away pretty much unscathed in this game, but uh, it's. Again, the defense stepped up, but yet again, just as we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, Cliff, Cody Fajardo was consistently consistent. You know, he had that interception that we're that we're like, why is he throwing it? You know, and, and that came actually after uh, uh, the ejection of Pierre Olivier Lestage. Yeah, for exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, now we still haven't been able to find out, and maybe one of those things that we we just never will find out what was said to him and he even admitted he owned up to it afterwards like i i, I gotta be better for my teammates I, I can't be doing that which i'll give him full marks for but even i'm like dude what the hell like spitting like and it wasn't like you know like what something had to have been said to him like I, I i don't know what you could have said to him that would have incited such a a reaction but like mm-hmm. you got to keep your head in the game man like that like, like to me that's that's ridiculous like and 
it, again, you, you think about earlier this year, Austin Mack gets ejected for an open-handed punch. And now spitting. Like, what the hell? Like, to me, I, I just want to know what was said. And unfortunately, as I said, we're, we're probably never going to know what it was, but uh, that was unfortunate. And yeah, as a result, uh, you know, it backs the yellow ups up considerably. And yeah, I think it was four, second four, and three, and then it went to second and 25 yeah something along those lines and yeah once again fajardo was put in the situation of trying to make up some of those yards and yeah made an ill-advised throw uh to uh, marshallo franklin i hope i said that right uh a former alouette believe it or not hmm. yeah uh didn't get it i don't think he saw very much action with the alouettes but yeah former alouette uh, with the pick once again ill-advised throw but uh I mean, by and large, Fajardo did what he had to do. He didn't have his he didn't have the happy feet quite like he he normally does, but he was still able to get a couple of nice scampers in. Uh, did a great job moving the ball, uh, finding his receivers. Uh, no problem getting Walter Fletcher in, involved in the game. Uh, Not at all. Not a, got, got, got got bailed out by a fumble that he had had, you know, because it was recovered by, you know, one of the O linemen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and. Yeah, as I said, he was. We if 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 Fajardo can say, as I said, I'm sure people are tired of me saying it, but he with him staying consistently consistent, that's what we need. Defense defense dominates. Fajardo's consistently consistent, works everybody in. Then we're good. Yeah, we're good. ground game ground game was solid. Uh, Jeshua Antwi, who funny we saw we see him in a walking but boot uh, a few weeks ago, or not you know, a few days before this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, he tears off a really nice run. Uh, Fletcher looked outstanding. Uh, once again, we, when we spoke to him at Thanksgiving, we, uh, we talked about this uh, game in Edmonton. Again, former Elk. So he wanted to once again remind them that, uh, you know, you had me and you let me go. And you can, you can even see the smile on his face after. Like, we, we spoke with him after the game. And you could see, like, he was just beaming from ear to ear. Like, he was so proud to, of what he was able to accomplish. And it was really cool, too. A lot of Elks fans remembered him and actually yeah. made a point to go and see him and congratulate him, which I thought was really nice. Classy, nice. classy, very classy indeed. Like just great sportsmanship, uh, and you could tell that he was really, really happy too to like to see. I don't want to say former fans because obviously they are still fans of his, but it's just like okay, you know, like you're you're wearing the different colors, but we still respect what you do. And to me, that was awesome. And you could tell Fletch was really really happy about that and we were happy for him because he had a had a fantastic game and got the win and that's what counts yeah exactly uh we're talking about consistently consistent cody uh c c c3 should we call him c3 no c3 yeah consistently consistent cody Let's just not call him the American Nightmare because someone. No, no, there's, no, a, there's another Kobe there. that has that. I believe. I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there. Uh, only six hundred six uh, six incompletions. I mean, uh, twenty three of twenty nine. Cliff at uh, two hundred fifty eight yards. His one and one. Um, but again, he did what he needed to do. He was backed up by Walter Fletcher, who who had eighty eight yards. Let us know post game that he had never had a hundred yard game at Commonwealth. He was just this close, but that was on you know thirteen attempts. Uh, 6.8 average. You can't complain with that. Cody with another 30 yard game, Cliff. (laughs) (laughs) He's consistent. All right. Mm -hmm. I tell you, um, Caleb Evans got into it, uh, as did Jeshwin Antu with a, with a, but then the receiving core dude. Oh man. Talk about guys who've stepped up when other guys go down. Uh, uh, leading receiver, Tyler, Sneed, the need for Sneed, four receptions, 69 yards. Uh, Austin nice. Mack, yeah, Austin Mack, 57 yards and five receptions. Uh, Cole Speaker, I think if, at a point there, I think it was three in a row that he got. Five receptions, 56 yards. Uh, and then from there, Tyson Philpott got into it. Obviously, he had the, he had the one tutty. Uh, 38 yards. Jeshua Antwi had 19. Walter Fletcher got into it with 16. And lastly, James Tuck. Uh, with three yards. So, dude, again, everybody is getting involved. That's what's needed for this Alouette offense to continue to do what they're doing. 
Yeah. And if, again, like I know the term bus driver or game manager is usually looked at uh, kind of mockingly when it comes to quarterback. But I mean, in this case, that's what Cody did. He managed the game relatively well, aside from the one pick that he threw, mm-hmm. but didn't make very many mistakes. He, he kept things on, on, on track and moved the ball. He did the things that he had to do. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't flashy, but once again, we, we keep saying that it's consistently consistent. And honestly, sometimes it's, it's one of those instances where slow and steady does win the race. And once Montreal was down 21, three, he just rolled up his sleeves and went to work and just slowly, but surely turned things around. Yes. He was helped out by the defense. He was also helped out by James Letcher and his incredible 125 yard touchdown return mm-hmm. that helped tremendously. Don't get me wrong, but Cody was still able to move the ball, still be able to find his receivers, get the running game going, like doing a lot, of, a lot of the good things, a lot of the right things that he, the things that he needs to do in order to win football games. You can't be mad at that. It's, Again, not flashy, it's not exciting, but these are the things you have to do in order to win. Sometimes you just have to go out there and just not screw up. And honestly, aside from the, the one pick, he didn't screw up this game at all. He he managed this game extremely well. Yeah, he did. And it's, again, I, it, this is where to the point where we think about it, Cliff. They've been so consistent. They've been on such a roll how does this current bye week affect this team? You know, because they're going to go, they're going to go from here into a into what is a meaningless game, which is going to be a glorified preseason game. Mind you, we haven't had one of those in quite a while, Montreal. Uh, you know, it's funny though, and I think it was was it David Arsenal who pointed this out. I don't remember who on Twitter, but mm-hmm. or maybe it was a. Oh no, you know. I, Okay, I, I did see this online, but okay, the, when the Alouettes won the Grey Cup in 2009, they played a quote-unquote meaningless game against Hamilton at Personal Molson Stadium to end the season and then went on to win the Grey Cup. Okay. Uh, in 2009, the Alouettes went 2-0 in the preseason. This year, the Alouettes go 2-0 in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I, mentioning that all way back when. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But... Again, it, I'm not saying if the Alouettes win this next game on uh, October 26th against Hamilton, Eighth. if 28th, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not saying if they win against Hamilton that you know this is a precursor because again, it's not the parallels are not exact. But I, I mean, know, I know, it brings them to 11 wins too, which I think is for the first time since 2012. Yeah, 2012. So where, where, where Trent Guy. Set the record for a missed return. Oh my God, you're right. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I I mean, it, uh, yes, it's I'm I'm picking and choosing different moments and things. Like I, that. I know, guess but but the parallels are there, man. I mean, it it there's there's a lot of what is this? Six degrees of Don Matthews? What the hell? <laughs> oh uh, man, sky, sky point to Don the 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 Don the Don. What time is it? Yeah. Um, oh, man. It, it's again, but it's still by week. I don't want it to mess it up. It's we talked to some of the guys post game. Who, who would have thought, by the way, um, the road, the road trip that Davis Alexander was going on for his bye week. If some of the guys are coming back to Montreal, some of them are going on different road trips. You know, we just want them to come back safe. Because with the game on, uh, with the game on Saturday, that means that they will not practice officially until Tuesday. So they'll get in a full week, full three three practices. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what it should be. It's what it should be. But obviously, stay stay tuned to the Alouettes website for uh, for more clarification. But I think it will be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then a walkthrough. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's. I'll have done. You know, they're, they're okay on off of bye weeks, but I mean, it's again, I'm being on such a roll. Let, let's you know, we don't want it to to knock the knock what they have down. You know what though? I think it's going to be good for them in the sense that because you, you, when we we were talking with a lot of these guys post game, and we asked if they had any plans, and like they're staying in Montreal, they're just going to get their bodies right. They're and to mm-hmm. me that sounds like. Okay, if they got any nagging injuries, like 
get this gives them an extra week to let those heal up a little bit because as we said the 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 last home game the the home finale game is going to be a glorified preseason game essentially so we may we may get some guys back that we haven't seen in a while because remember you are i think we pointed out on the uh on the injured list for this game um we had uh who was it that showed up on the one game which had been on the sixth game um now, tyrell oh, uh, richards showed up yeah. on those on the one game i was like what uh, yeah. Is it possible that we may get a Reggie White siding? We we could. We he he's been chomping at the bit, so you got to figure he's got to be ready to go. And maybe it's just a simple matter of okay, well, who do we sit in order to let Reggie play? Well, but now would be the time. This would be the time, absolutely. Like, and does we'll it st- does, does it Tyson st- Philpot need to play on the twenty eighth? Does uh, Reg uh, Tyler Sneed need to play on the twenty eighth? That can we can we're at that point where we can start sitting some of these guys and let, for example, a Richie white jr. Get back into the lineup and get his, mm-hmm. his legs underneath him again. And I got a feeling we're going to see all three quarterbacks, but yeah, that's I, more to talk about. It's obviously there's more to talk about next week on, on next week's show, but, but yeah, no. And again, bye weeks, a lot can happen, but I, I truly think that a lot of these guys are really looking for this opportunity. I think they're glad to have that opportunity, especially knowing that they have second place sewn up. They know that they're going to have the Eastern semifinal. Now they can just get their bodies right. They can rest. They can clear their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all, all this stuff. I think this is going to be a welcome reprieve, if you will. I don't think anyone's going to be running back home to do anything. I mean, really? Like, I think at this point, you're your focus has to be on your job, which is to get to and win the gray cup. So uh, I, again, I'm, I'm sure. Yes. A couple of guys will probably go home, but I think based on who we spoke to, a lot of people are just going to be staying put and just, you know, just getting themselves mentally and physically ready for that last home game. And as well, the Eastern semifinal, which again, will be a mirror image because it's, it's really going to be, the Hamilton Tiger Cats playing the Montreal Alouettes at Perfect Wilson Stadium. Not once, but twice in two in, in consecutive weeks. Yep. I got a stat for that, which I've already come across, which I'm which I'm gonna put out next week on social. So I've already looked at I've already looked it up on the Alouettes when, when it comes to back to back games, regular season and the same 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 team in the playoffs. So um yeah, yeah, dude. I mean it's and uh, more it makes me wonder too, by the way. Don't aren't the All Star teams announced next week? Uh, well, I mean, fan voting is open for right, but for aren't they aren't they aren't the All Star teams usually announced right before the end of the regular season? Uh, typically, yes. Yeah. And uh, I imagine soon uh, the voting will start, and nominations are going to be starting for the CFL awards, which, mm-hmm. as you folks know, will be held in Niagara Falls this year, as Grey Cup's going to be in Hamilton. Niagara Falls is not that far away from Hamilton, so they're they're going all out for this, and they even just wow. announced that tickets are going to go on sale for for the uh, the gala, if you will. So, uh, oh yeah, that's that's pretty I exciting stuff. I don't know it's going to be in Niagara Falls. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, apparently, there's going to be shuttle buses going back and forth between Niagara and uh, and Hamilton as well. So, you know, fans coming in that want to go see the CFL awards just got to hop on a bus and. Head on out to I think it's Casino Niagara. No, sorry, the Falls View Casino. So that's, that, oh, that's where they're holding it. Oh, even better! Wow. Okay, yeah. I, had, I hadn't seen that announcement yet. Okay, that's cool. Yep. So that's, that's cool. What? What? That I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to have it at the Sphere one year in Vegas. You know, well, just for, fly, fly them all out and then drive them back. You know, I have to. Well, Vegas is hosting the Super Bowl this season, so oh, yeah. maybe NFL honors will be having. But that's that's oh, them. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. NFL. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, 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 give us some, uh, some last thoughts before we finish this up, buddy. Cause yes, there is no game obviously because the Alouettes are on a bye week. Um, there is still a full other slate of games coming up there that are still, there are teams in contention in the West for playoff spots. So there is still some, some stuff to, uh, to be decided upon this week. So there's still some games to talk about, about, but, uh, any last thoughts, uh, Bud, before we uh, before we finish up and uh, put this one to bed. Wow! I, again, 
Edmonton was just a fantastic host. Uh, once again, all the love to Andrew, Superfan Mike, and Commissioner Kayla for taking us in, if you will, and, and, and letting us be a part of the Edmonton Elks experience. Uh, yeah. Thank you again to the team for the Edmonton Elks team for showing us the love as accredited media members. So that's definitely appreciated there. But I think what I'm going to take people away can't more see than- it. People can't see it. Yes, because we're we're currently an audio podcast. But I'm showing our nameplates. Our nameplates. <laughs> our nameplates rocked. Yeah. No. Once again, they they the Elks showed us the love, and we we are truly appreciative of it. It's it's so nice to be recognized by a a Canadian Football League franchise as, as media members. It's a mm-hmm. it's a very nice touch. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if, uh, you can if you ever if you haven't heard seen the Turf Trick, they are available on on YouTube's. Uh, also, they have audio podcasts, and they're also available on Edmonton Sports Talk uh, every Thursday, I think. But uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, you haven't seen their show yet, make sure you do, and you, you go give them some love. Yeah, they they record they do the YouTube live stream uh, Tuesday nights uh, at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, just at, such a blast, such a blast. You know, win or lose, they they all come in great attitude, lots of fun. They just want to entertain, and it's always a blast. I love mm-hmm. spending time with these guys. Uh, they just it was just such a great experience to to be at the tailgate, just to hang out at the turf district itself, and oh, just yeah, yeah. I got, to, I got to sit in the seat, the seat. Next time where we go, we have to go to Turf District West. Because man, super fan Mike's place looks like it's absolutely stunning. Yep, absolutely, and yeah. So again, nothing but love for those guys and gal. Uh, nothing but love for the you know the people that we got we got the chance to meet. Uh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Edmonton really knows how to do football properly, and uh, all they need now is just you know. I, I I hope for their sake that the Elks get their act together. I mean, you, you started seeing it like the, the first half of the, the the season for Edmonton was just a dog's breakfast. There was just no no two ways about it. I mean, they they had the that home losing streak hanging overhead, yeah. and and also too like a, a general losing streak too. I think they it was seventeen games before they finally won. Yeah, a, but, a game. But they're they, they are they they are a team in flux for sure. You know, with some modifications and changes that they have, uh, that they're going to be having next year, so they're going to have some growing pains too. But I mean, it's it's something that we have gone through here in Alouette's Nation Cliff, as we know. We We've sure gone have. through it, and I'm sure they will too. And that that sooner or later, that place will be rocking once again when it comes to whether it be just thirty one thousand in the lower bowl, uh, the lower deckers, or it's going to be, uh, you know, or it's going to be a full thing of, of sixty. But yeah, either way, I agree with you, dude. I mean, we had that's, we, that's, we, we had fun, and if you if you haven't caught a game, as I said before, if you haven't caught a game, you need to go. Yeah, w- w- without question, I, I it, it, it's a tough time right now for for Elks fans and the city of Edmonton as far as their football goes. But like you said, we've been through this in Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's it's not fun to go through, but I think every CFL team goes through it. it it's almost like it now. It's your turn to have a, a, a lousy time period and where things just like nothing seems to go right. Yeah. We had ours from what, 2015 to 2019. And then we, now it seems like Edmonton, Ottawa, those teams are kind of going with, through. Well, it started with AC retiring in 2013. So. Yeah. But you know, there's a, there's a, a little bit of hope in 2014, even though there's a, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of craziness in 2014. And then 2015, like, the wheels just fell off and it just You're kept right. going downhill from there. I forgot but, about Crompton. Forgot about Crompton. I like Crompton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, and that's something we could probably talk about during the off season too, is just like, look back at that time period and like, wow, sure. what, what, what a mess it was. So Elks fans, we've been there. We, we know what you're going through. We really do. Like, and it's, it's not about mocking or anything like that. It's just, we've been there. We know what it's like. And all we can say is, stick with it man because when the when the highs are high there's nothing better the lows you, you got to take the lows with the highs and they don't last forever that's the thing too is tough times don't last we we we've we've survived it we've gone through it we're very fortunate now that this team really does seem to have themselves back on track 
consistent winning football. And now the first winning season since 2019, after going even Steven for the past two seasons, since uh, the return from COVID, I, I mean, you know, th this team is finally starting to trend in the right direction and that's great. And now again, it's a simple matter of momentum and just, it, it's not going to be easy because yeah, you got to play the Eastern semifinal. I mean, Hamilton, they are finding their form again. They are dangerous, especially <laughs> Matt Shields' quarterback. I mean, he will keep this team going. Tim, Tim White has been playing outstanding football. The receivers, uh, I mean, like this this Edmonton or uh, this Hamilton offense is scary good. Their defense yeah. too is is nothing to sneeze at. So I mean, no, like it's, this is not going to be a cakewalk. No, it won't be semifinal. No, it won't be. And obviously, we'll be talking about that a little bit more next week too when we set up the first game. Uh, set up the regular, the home finale for the Alouettes. Um, if you haven't gotten your tickets, make sure you do so. It will be uh, starting at 4 p.m. on uh, Saturday the 28th. It is Halloween. Uh, the theme is Halloween. Um, and they will be doing a tailgate. So if you, you can get your tailgate on uh, on that Saturday. So um, we're having a bye week, not having a CFL football but, uh, this week for the Owls. But you know what? We're in that home stretch. It's home finale. Hitting into the playoffs, Cliff. Can't ask for anything more. So, bud. I will talk to you next week, and we will also see you, the fans, next week. Obviously, there's going to be no Flight Deck Live this week because we don't have a, a game to talk about, but we will be returning, obviously, next week. So uh, we will talk to you guys next Wednesday with another great show. So for everybody here at the Otherwoods Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Take off! Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.